Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Horror Hangout, a podcast where free bearded film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condor with Kate. I'm joined by my regular co-host, Mr. Mr. Ben Arrington. And semi-regular co-host, Mr. Andy Conjure-Turner. Hello, guys. Hey. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Yo. Yo. How you doing, man? And yeah, really not, good, thanks. Not seeing you for a little while on the show. Yeah, it's been a it's been a hot minute, hasn't it? I've been busy moving house, but I'm here now. You'll notice the wall behind me is a slightly different white wall to the one I'm usually in front of. Uh, you normally like lie on your bed, don't you? you I am. I'm sat. I'm I'm sat on the same bed in a in a different place. I would. Did I you would... ride the bed to the new house. It did. It was a proper bed knobs and broomsticks situation. And under the water. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we we got we got moved. Um, I have like an office upstairs, but mm. it's really hot up there, and I've been there all day. So I've come down down to the bedroom here. It's quite cool. You brought the bed downstairs for this recording. Lovely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially normally it's upstairs. Brought it down. You grinded the ban- the banister with the bed. <laughs> Tony Hawk's yeah. around. Tony Hawk like style. It. Yeah. Um, how about you, Ben? Where have you been since last uh, two weeks ago? Where have I been? What have I been doing? I didn't move house. I'm still in the same house, uh, unfortunately. I say that. It's I fine. Like it's nice. <laughs> nice house. Yeah. Like the Bulbasaur there. Yeah, got the Bulbasaur there, chilling. Obviously, he's 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 literally turned towards the screen this time, so he's watching. He's enjoying getting himself some podcast action. Straight from the horse's mouth. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty good. How you doing, Luke? You had a little break, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Uh, went internet list for a week which was interesting yeah um, that's not, a not much happens about the internet <laughs> like no. you did nearly is, die didn't you yeah i didn't really die but the world is much much slower um yeah i went swimming in the, in the sea in the bit that you shouldn't be swimming in and then oh, i couldn't I... couldn't get back to the shore all of it <laughs> it was like a mile yeah, out was it like an, an, an adrift an adrift moment a real life adrift that there's a fear in there. It was just me out there, and um, I thought I saw another me, and it was a boy just bobbing on the on the on the water, <laughs> just a uh, oh. kind of red shaded plastic thing. Um, <laughs> you were you, you were this close to being your very own episode oh. of Nine Nine Nine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, well, I, I was telling Ben. Anyway, anyway, 
I was telling Ben the other day, like it's like a surfing beach I went to. Um, and I thought I'd go for a casual swim out. And it's fine because the waves are powerful and big, but you've got like the sand on your feet so you can sort of grip, you like stand your ground. But then I was swimming out quite a bit past the waves and all of a sudden there must have been a shelf in the floor or something because it just completely disappeared. And the waves started crashing on my head and were just taking me further and further out and I couldn't get back. And I was telling <laughs> Ben, there's like a moment where you know you put your finger in a bottle and you realise that you can't get it out. I had that, but like much, much worse. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite as bad. Not yeah, quite, not quite as, as bad. Uh, yeah, trivial is that? So I had that kind of pile on energy. You know, when you kind of Ooh. you turn into an incredible Hulk and you sort of uh, yeah. you shit yourself yeah. basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your body's like right. I'm going to give you everything we've got now. We've been holding this back for a special occasion. The yeah. day has come. And then once you finished it, were you properly like shaky and knackered, need a little sleep? I well, yeah. I just kind of walked back to the beach and sat down with my fiance and said. Oh, that was a bit scary. <laughs> Did you try to style it out? Like, <laughs> style it out. Oh, that was a uh, mild inconvenience. Well, I, try, I, I tried cool to, yeah, I tried to kind of explain that I've just, I nearly died a second ago, and I've survived. This is a, a, a big moment, and they were like, "Yeah, you shouldn't yeah, be right. twat. You shouldn't have swam that far out, should you? Look at the size of the waves. <laughs> like, there's no surface that far out or anything." So. Well, you're twat that you survived, but if you hadn't have survived, they would have been much more mortified. I think. It'd have been well, maybe the oh, he was a great guy, but he was a bit of a twat for swimming out. <laughs> <that far. laughs> it's great these cautions you get after the fact. I was we were on holiday once a couple of years ago, we sat on a, a beach and um, proper like classic beach pitch, like a hammock between two palm trees. And um, I was sitting there just reading the Kindle, and a uh, massive coconut fell out of the tree and literally <laughs> fell inches from my head, like just twanged off the rope for the for the thing. I was looking at this coconut, like, embedded in the sand. Yeah. And um, Karen looked over and went, oh, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> As if you, you were responsible. Got, you've got to be careful around coconut trees. You've got to be careful. You never know. Yeah. Like on the Sonic games, I'm sure they teach us that you've got to be careful of things throwing stuff at you from trees. Yeah, oh, robot apes. What would have happened? Yeah. If they hit you on the head, you would have had a big lump go up like that, and you would have to push that lump down, and then a big lump would have appeared at the other side <laughs> yeah. of your head. And you'd push that one down, and then, yeah, who knows what could have happened. I can only hope that it'd be, if I find out when I get a knock in the head, is it stars or birds that I see, like, tweeting around? Not terrible yeah. skull smashing. Probably yeah. just darkness forever. <laughs> yeah, forever darkness. <laughs> <laughs> Pop the eyes oh. out the back, of my, out the front of my head. Morbid. In terms, uh, speaking of morbid, has there only been any horror news <laughs> recently? Uh, a very few bad horror newsy bits. <laughs> um, just some trailers that I was going to talk about. So you know that Blumhouse are releasing four different horror movies on Amazon in October. Well. If you didn't, there are trailers for all of them now online. <laughs> one's called <laughs> one's called The Lie, one's called Black Box, one's called Evil Eye, and one's called Nocturne. And I haven't watched the trailer for any of them because I thought I'll save them. Nice little surprise. But I think they happened they're being released like fairly regularly through October, so there's gonna be something new cool. to enjoy oh, from Blumhouse enough. pretty much every week. Uh which is which is lovely. Look forward to that. Did you see the? Have you seen anything? Go on. Rob Savage, Rob Savage, who directed Host, has got a free picture deal with Blumhouse, and yep. and they've sold another film to Studio Canal, some prison horror thing, and then I've got yep. the, the Sam Raimi horror film as well. 
Five movies. That was one of the news things I had. They're going to break down the many on go at the many horror projects they've got coming up. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Five movies, a prison movie. That's all they've given us for that, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, interesting. Very exciting. Very exciting stuff. Mm. It's all happening. What, what do we know about the Sam Raimi uh, film? I think. Uh, okay, I, I don't want to sort of speak out of turn. I think it was. I thought. I think that project became came about because of the, the short film Salt, which is online yeah. free. I don't know if it's related to that, but I know yeah. that I think that's what got them that, you know, project rolling. Sure, with Alice Lowe in the ear. Yeah, okay. yeah. Very exciting stuff, though, for um, British filmmakers. Yeah, definitely, or, yeah, yeah. And, Andy, have you seen Host? You know what? I haven't. Now I've finished moving house, I'm yeah. going to pile back in and catch and catch up on everything. It's like, very short. It's like 50, 53 minutes, so you can that, long. That was a big sell for Karen. I was like, hey, I've got this film I'm going to suggest we can watch. Mm. Guess what? Less than, a, less than an hour. Loving it. Yeah, like, hell yes. It's it's a good one uh for like to watch with people, I think. Yeah, yeah we're big fans yeah, yeah. of um, you know, similar similar genre. I like you know, speak in defense of unfriended. Um I liked it and I I thought it was a really innovative thing. So and I know that host without the the is uh has been very well received. So I'm I'm looking forward to getting and seeing it. I'm probably aiming to have <laughs> as October strikes. Really have a good old binge and catch up on a ton of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Have you pl- have you guys got any October movie watching plans? Because I know we haven't made any solid plans for anything we're going to do with the podcast. But I always think that I will put something together, but I never. I always like leave it too late and never never do it. So maybe we should I've... get a project in in place. Mm, yeah, be good. I think I've got to the point now where I've fully transitioned into watching more horror than anything else. I think it's kind of like over the over the last few years, it's slowly, slowly been weeding its way in. But now I think probably at least half of what over half of what I watch is horror now. So, so it'll probably just be a standard month for me. But if we plan something, maybe a theme, maybe a list. I don't know. Yeah, we'll yeah. discuss it. Um, what about you, you guys? Is any any other news? Is that it or? Um, th- there was another trailer, and this was what I was trying to tell Andy about this, but I completely forgot what it was called. So there's a f- trailer for a film called The Wolf of Snow Hollow, um, which oh, is from Jim yeah. Cummins, the writer and director of Thunder Road, a werewolf film. Um, in, uh, stars a late Robert Forster, and it's like a small town sheriff um, solved uh, trying to solve some murders, and he finds out they're happening at a full moon, aren't they? And then he just tries to hunt down the killer, who may or may not be. A werewolf, but yeah, trailer looks pretty good. I love it if it actually turned out not to be, and that was just the first. It was, it was a bad detective. That was the first. Hang on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It may or may not be a werewolf. Probably not a werewolf, is it? It's turned out it's not a werewolf. Yeah, I'm afraid. Apparently, yeah. Um, that Thunder Road is good as well. Time. I've not seen Thunder Road, but apparently, no, it's I've not seen that. Uh, uh, that is pretty much it. The only other thing is during the PS5 showcase there was. Another Resident Evil trailer bit, but it kind of felt like about 85% what we've seen already. They added this sort of like storybook element. It looks a bit like the animation from Coraline to try and sort of tie everything together. Um, but I guess we're still not 100% clear what 
is going to be going down in that film. What role Chris Redfield will play. It looks... <laughs> no, his character yeah. model's changed again. Character <laughs> model's changed again. They, they, so, oh, this time, I better do it after for the game. They'll go, <laughs> they'll go hold on a minute. Yeah. No, no, no. Not quite right. Yeah, halfway yeah. through the film, he'll go from his kind of Sean Bean <laughs> look he's got right now, and he'll go back to like the boulder punching Chris Redfield, maybe. <laughs> what um, what do you think PS5 and horror games is going to bring? Because obviously we'll have the Dual Sense controller now as well, with the like. I don't extra know. I think uh, you kind of look more towards indie horror games to see what the sort of the, the franchise stuff is going to do, because that first person horror stuff was all happening on the indie side before yeah. Outlast did it and then Resident Evil did it. And I don't I don't know. Um I mean maybe they'll because what was the uh, what were the puppy combo games we were playing? They kind of went back to that old school yeah. survival horror. Maybe there'll be some more of that kind of thing, I don't know. I think the people to watch on again. that will be um and I'm not sure how much we've seen of it yet. Aren't the team that did Soma are working on something new right now? There's a new Amnesia game, isn't there? That's right. I think that's the team that's yeah. doing it. So they're doing something else with Amnesia, given their form for it, you know, what they did with Amnesia in the first place and what they did with Soma itself. I think if there's if you're going to see innovation somewhere, you might see something come out of that. And if not, even if they don't change any of the mechanics, there's it's going to be a pretty damn good game out of it, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Very exciting stuff. Very exciting. Have you guys watched anything? This last couple of weeks, I'm sure you have. Yeah, I've seen a few things. Um, uh, okay, so I've been carrying on. I tell you, the, the horror movie, the, the the most horrific movie I've seen in a while was um, the Social Dilemma, which isn't a horror movie. It's that documentary <laughs> yeah. about social media. Have you seen it? It's on Netflix. Not yet. No. A lot of people are talking about Add it. Add it to the list. Um. So what's scary about? It? I mean, it's a, it's like a talking heads documentary. But they're interviewing all the people who invented big parts of social media apps, like the guy who invented the like button, the guy who invented the YouTube algorithm, uh, watch next al- algorithm, those, those kind of people. And they're all talking about how uh, social media, these, these algorithms were were designed to persuade you to you know, keep watching, keep doing various stuff. Um, and now and they, they've created these algorithms and this machine learning process that they don't quite know how uh, these machines are, are 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 selecting or ha- how they're working to make you watch more or, or stay on social media apps. Um, it's kind of doing it. The machines are doing their own thing now, and they don't know how <laughs> how they're doing it or why they're picking what what videos they're going to suggest oh, next no. and that kind of thing. Um, it's just it's it's money driven, and the way they sort of and it's just it's terrifying. Even the people who are saying that they invented this stuff, they're terrified because they don't think that you can stop it now and the, the the correlation between uh teen suicides and the rise of social media is like like yeah. really sort of entwi- entwined um also the, the the political divide is like really entwined with the rise of social media because it knows these algorithms aren't designed to give you what you want to watch they that they know that enraging people will sort of um you know perpetuate people's screen time so it's 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 uh terrifying and they were just talking about how it's, it's probably not going to get any better like it's probably going to end in like civil war like something crazy is going to happen there's no way they can really stop the social <laughs> media now what's the next logical step probably yeah. civil war yeah but but the terrifying... is it like it's a doc 
It's a documentary, but are there some fictional elements to it? Did I see? It's well, like a... it's like a dramatization part. To dramatization, it. yeah. yeah got you. It's kind of cheesy, but I can see why they've used it because it just better explains quite a complicated, um, you know, technology jum- mumbo jumbo. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's just really scary. I think there should be some more horror films based around killer algorithms. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it, it does sound terrifying. I was just going to check. So now technology is the new terrifying thing. They, mm. they said podcasts are all right, though, right? Fill your boots mm. on them. I guess so. Podcasts don't feel like <laughs> podcasts feel like old school technology. They don't feel like smart technology. Like it feels quite dumb. Two no. thousands technology. Yeah, especially uh, you know your your independent you know your people that are out there. Just a couple of guys talking about movies. They're like, I ain't got a BBC program. I'm not behind. You know, I'm not big media guys. Yeah, exactly. We're all right. right. Or or are we? You never know. That's the thing. These big media guys. You never know who's backing them. Who's pulling? Who's pulling the strings? You never know. But it's yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not Rupert Murdoch. It's just it's just Luke Condor. <laughs> That's where your license right. goes, guys. <laughs> what about you guys? See anything good? Uh, go for it, Andy. I was going to say, you go for it, Ben. I'll try and rack my brain, see if I've actually watched anything recently. All this moving business, barely sat down. But um, I, I, can, I can go again if you. I've got quite a few here. Oh, go, go for it, Luke. I've got something which is not horror-related in the slightest that I've watched. <laughs> in fact, I've got one that I know Ben watched. So uh, I watched Fright Night Part 2 after you watched Fright Night the other day. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago. Um, and it's a killer sequel. Like, it really kind of holds up to uh, the first one. Fright Night, the first one, ends with uh, them killing the neighbour. He is a vampire. And this one kind of picks up when, I don't know, like a year or two later, no one believes Brewster about this vampire that he killed. Um, and then kind of like convinced himself that it didn't yeah. happen as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Peter Vincent is in it still. Uh, he gets fired from his, his Fright Night TV hosting position. But it, I don't know, it's way, it's a bit campier. It's a bit more fun, but... Way, way campier. There's like a roller skating uh, werewolf guy. guy. Oh, no, that's, that's <laughs> oh, yeah, someone else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's like a werewolf guy as well. Um, there's like a guy who eats moths. Um, oh yeah, I love the soundtrack, man. How did you feel about the? It was like the, it was like a definitive '80s synth soundtrack. It was they, great. Well, didn't they use the some of the same songs? There was like kind of I think so. They used some little refrains, didn't they? Yeah, little refrains, yeah. and there was like a, it had a theme song almost as well, didn't it? Uh, I would almost go as far to say that I enjoyed it more than the first. I don't know if Someone I'd go about that it. far, but I did. I did enjoy it quite a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Consider I'd never seen it, and I pretty much knew not very much about it. I thought it was, you know, standard eight is sequel horror sequel. It's just going to be the same, but you know, more or the same, but yeah, somewhere else, which it kind of is. But yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Got anything else? Um. So I watched a film called. I told you about this film called Possum, oh, yeah. which I've kind of heard about and seen some visuals for for a while. It's directed by Matthew Harness, obviously of um, uh, Darth Rangers Dark Place. Darth Rangers Dark Place. Dark Place. Darth Place. <laughs> He's like the Darth Place. Sith Lord. Darth Rangers 
dark place. So Sean Harris as well, who you'll know from, you know, he's a he's one of the bad guys in Mission Impossible. He's uh, in Prometheus. He's got a very recognisable little face. <laughs> That's not being, being mean, just saying he's got a little face. This was like, it's hard to call it a horror film. It's more like a psychological thriller, but it was so bleak. And just like some, some of the visuals were just horrific to the point where almost want to turn away was just like oh jesus christ that's just unnerving it's it's, i wouldn't say much more than that other than yeah it's basically about a a guy who's like a disgraced children's puppeteer he returns to his childhood home uh and he confronts like his demons and he's got a lot of them so that's pretty much it but yeah all the demons not supernatural he's got is it all it's more. It's very. It's psychological. I suppose you could say it's supernatural if you looked at it from one one in one way. I don't think the film wants you to look at it from that way. It wants you to look at it from a psychological trauma sort of angle. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Highly recommend that. I uh, really did quite like it. You got anything, Andy? Uh, um, I've got a couple of things that I've very swiftly added to my want-to-watch pile, but I haven't really got round to yet. I saw a few clips of a few bits and pieces. Um, do you guys catch up on the third day, the, um, the the Jude Law effort? I saw a few clips of it, and I've been uh, anchoring, anchoring to watch that pretty soon. Yeah, it's, it's a mini-series, like a three-parter, I think. It look, yeah. It's it got a lot of, um, lots of the Wicker Man vibes. Um, yeah. Jude Law finds a young girl in the wilderness. Something's going on there. I won't spoil it. He's taken her home, and it's like a it's a place off the I think it's off the off the east coast. Is it near Essex? Quite nearby. There's a there's a little island that you can only drive to when the when the tide is just so. Is that in and Women then, in Black? Is that the same? It's it's similar. It's a similar yeah. type of thing. You can only drive to it when the when the tide is exactly how it is. Um, and then when he gets there, there's all sorts of very sort of folk horror imagery. Lots of people with like fish heads and scissors running about the place. And um, the clips I saw looked looked pretty intense. Like, and obviously, like they've obviously spent the money on getting like film grade actors to be in it as well. Um, yeah. It looks it looks pretty terrifying. Let me ask you, how bold is Jude Law in this film? Because he seems to swap like between having hair and being bold. Intermittently. He was... I mean, I went from one to the other, like most people, but he is back. changes his mind <laughs> quite frequently. Just taking a look at a little picture of it. He's got he's got a fair whack of hair in um, yeah, in happened? this. So he's he's thinning he's thinning but... on the top. He's got kind of a almost like a Mr. Burns hair in okay. this one, but not bald on the top. Interesting. Yeah, not bald on the he's very top. Mr. He's definitely follically challenged, but it looks like he's in denial, which you know. We've all been there. Hollywood, though you can do yeah. good wig work. It'd actually be better to have to have no hair, yeah. and then there's loads of room for those wigs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want, on. you'd have any yeah. of the Simpsons saying have a Marge hair if you wanted to. Let's see. I don't. I, I, I'd like to see him with his Mr. Burns do. Uh, if you want to do that, Luke, you should tune in to um what are you to say? the third Just third day. Grow it out on the sides and. Yeah, but um, <laughs> it's one of those that I think it's going to be an awkward one to watch. It's on a streaming service that I almost certainly don't have. I think it's HBO Max. Um, I'm not sure what it's screening on over here, but I'm going to find it and I shall watch it, having seen some clips that were entertaining yeah. to me. Um, what about you, Ben? See anything else? 
Um, apart from that, the only, the only significant thing that I've really watched is the new Bill and Ted, um, which I, I I went back and watched the whole trilogy just to just to sort of um, get back in that frame of mind. And you know, sequels thirty years after the last instalment are always going to feel kind of odd. They always don't kind of feel quite right. But this was the new one. The face to music was good. It was it was dumb. It was a good, dumb fun. Had some good gags, heartwarming moments, albeit like, you know, a bit, a little bit predictable, kind of went in the same direction. I don't know if you ever noticed this. Bill and Ted, their whole shtick is that they're musicians, right? Yeah. And that they're in a band. Yeah. They haven't got one, they haven't got a single song. <laughs> they haven't got a single song. You'd think that like with things like Eurovision movie doing well this year. Uh, um, they have a song. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. You think they'd have a song which was yeah. like, you know, which could be popular for whatever reason. But what they tend to do is like the whole shtick of this film is that they're they're writing a song that is going to unite the world. And there's obviously no spoilers. I'll just get down to what the song is. It's just them shredding over like <laughs> just some beat. It's nothing. Do you know what I mean? Like no no one anywhere is going to go. Bloody hell! I'm going to stop stop. Uh, Getting angry on Facebook. Stop I'm having all them wars. Listen to this music. Stop Not having quite, all them wars because uh, of this song. It's Beelzebub. It's them that. shredding. It's just these song. No, exactly. And then I watched, obviously I watched the other two as well. And it's the same as well. They're, they're in a band, but all they do is shred over something. Do or sometimes consider, shred with no drums or bass at all. Do you not and consider like, the song? Well, sometimes about guitars. Their song. What's the song at the end of the second? Yeah, they just shred over something else. With, um, it's a kiss song. Isn't oh it? yeah, it's a kiss song. Yeah, no, because they you don't actually see them, them performing it at any point. No. <laughs> so the and purists. we we hear a lot about death in this new film. We hear a lot about death and the fact that he's got like a really quite long musical career and varied musical career where he's tried lots of different genres and we see album covers and we hear about songs and various things and I just think he's better than Bill and Ted. Just get him to do it, for God's yeah. sake. Oh yeah, one thing I've definitely decided: Keanu Reeves needs to keep facial hair now, because you know, obviously, yeah, he was Neo and he had no beard, and you could kind of deal with that. But now, without facial hair, Keanu Reeves for the first time looks old. So please, just keep the beard. John Wick, just yeah, just don't lose it again ever. Yeah, I've, I don't think I've ever been a big, a big Bill and Ted person. I don't think I watched it too much as a kid. Uh, but I'll check it out. I've been watching. Um... You go on, sorry. I was going to say it always kind of crossed over Wayne's World for me to the yeah, point where yeah. I'm like pretty sure they've got the same catchphrases. I <laughs> know <laughs> one says swing, and one says <laughs> excellent, but they definitely both shred, and they definitely they definitely both say excellent as well. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone that says oh, okay. excellent is being Mr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. excellent. <laughs> yeah, sorry, um, go on, Luke. Oh, I, I, well, I've been watching. The, I've been watching. It's not. Well, it's not particularly horror, but uh, the boys season two is out, and I was watching it. And um, the moments that I really enjoy in that show are the really horrific moments. Like there's like the. Have you been watching it? Do you know much about what's happening in season? I've seen, two? I've seen series oh. one. I don't know much about season two. But like the gore gags are like disgusting. Like to the mm. point where I have to watch them again <laughs> because it's like kind of engrossing. Like I can't understand how they've put that on like a on a TV show about superheroes. Um 
like in season one, there's like the bit where um, he melts that woman's face in, like he burnt uh, Homelander burns that woman's face with his laser eyes. Like um, there's more of that, but some of the gore is like it's it's like way more hardcore it's... than a lot of horror movies are willing to go. Yeah, the guy who plays Homelander is he the most? He must obviously a great actor because he's like the the most hate easy to hate character. Mm. I think I've ever seen. I just hate everything about him. He's got no redeeming qualities or features. Did I read He's a rumor that he asshole. didn't want that he didn't want to do it, so he tried to do a bad job in the audition? That's originally, yeah. that might be just oh like a buzz, that might be just like a Buzzfeed rumor or something like that. But yeah. so you're something. coming across as even more of a twat than 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 a Homelander is supposed to. You've got the job. He's like, oh, I didn't. All oh. right. Yeah. And well, there's like a another sort of similar sort of character in this season who you can hate quite easily as well um but yeah i mean there's there's, there's one particular death um on the last one and i was like the basically someone gets the face smashed in and like but it doesn't shy away from showing you the, the mangled like i mean i didn't watch walking dead so i think a lot of that was in walking dead a lot of those sort of gore gags um but yeah it's it's one to watch if you like horror for sure it's also on my ever expanding like list of things to get to watch, especially as we're coming into this season yeah. now where what Blind Man is about to come out, Umbrella Academy season two is out, mm. all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, getting, it's, getting, quite... it's getting towards winter now, right? So we'll be stopping in, yeah. plus for other reasons that no one's allowed to leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just at the point where stopping in is kind of like my default state anyway, so... It's all gonna get watched. Back in the old days when I was stopping in, I'd sometimes do it at the cinema, but now <laughs> yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah. Uh I mean, other than that, there's a couple of things I watched. Um Game Night, it's not horror. Tag, it's not horror, but they're kind of similar films. Um Game Night was actually really good. That Jason Bateman comedy. Jason Bateman, Rachel McAdams. Um if you like I don't know. Those sort of big budget comedies that don't really get... Um, they get made, but they're not very good anymore. Kind of Anchorman level. Not as silly as that, but that kind of big comedy films that at one point when you were growing up in like Zoolander and those kind of films, they were they were big and they were really good. And they, I don't feel like they're very good anymore, but Game Night was very well made well, and that. very funny. I've heard it's good. Yeah. yeah. I've seen Tag, although I mentioned it was a perfect aeroplane movie. I sat on the plane, yeah. I watched it a great old time. It's weird that they're quite similar, like adult people playing child's games. But uh, I feel like Game Night was better, was a better film. Yeah. Right. And then, um, and then it was this film we watched Sweet. this tonight. I know we did last summer. Yeah. Uh, we recording the podcast, <laughs> I think. Oh yeah. Probably. Probably this exact day last year. Okay. So I know what we did last summer is a 1997 American slasher film directed by Jim Gillespie. Uh, stars Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Ryan Fleet, Freddie Prinze Jr. All of them. That's all. That's the big one, two, three, four right there. Johnny Gillespie um, as well. Luke. Johnny Gillespie. Oh, yeah. He, and he turned up a hell of a lot more than I thought he was going to. Uh, so it's loosely based on a 1973 novel of the same name. Did you know that? I did. <laughs> yeah, he did. All right. well, I could have. Uh, I could, that could be trivia. 
Uh, centers on four young friends who are stalked by a hook-wielding killer one year after covering up a car accident where they killed a man. There. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so IMDb rates it at 5.7. Rotten Tomatoes, 42%. Critic, 40% user score. Letterboxd is just above the middle grade, 2.7. I note I down some reviews here. Christine and Mc- Causeland on Letterboxd says it's a movie about four teens who suck at killing people. Ali on Letterboxd gives it three and a half stars. Says half the main cast was this was in the Scooby Doo movie. Um which is true. <laughs> yep, it's Howard gives two stars and he says, I don't know. So I guess he doesn't know what they did last summer. Uh, Ego mm. Spe- e- Ego Speakos says how the fuck a fisherman reached level one hundred sneaking. Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Why is everybody in Two this film as well? So many people in this town are dressed in that like, fisherman's yeah. hat with, yeah. a, with a collar all the way up over their eyes. On a day that isn't rainy, well, I better put my entire rain yeah. slicker on in well, case it rains later. All, that's part of my personality. I'm a fisherman, you know? I've got to wear it all the time. Otherwise, people won't know. What are, they, what are those coats for? Why are they got collars that go all the way up? Above their eyebrows. Is that like when they're cutting out a fish cut? <laughs> like yeah, the... I don't understand when, what the when, you're, when, you're, when you're at sea, it could be really, really rainy. So rainy, you don't even know. You might have seen it, Luke, while you were out at sea the other week. I, saw, I need one then, yeah. I was getting very wet. <laughs> if, you, if you've been wearing one of them, you wouldn't have panicked at all. Dry as a bone. No. Yeah. Dry as a bone, but so heavy, you would have been at least they three look times at, heavier. Yeah. You'd have gone sunk like a stone. Well, yeah. maybe that's it. Though. Well, maybe that's how he sneaks as well, because they don't like it looks like you get the way quite by... frictionless. They don't like being attacked Random. by manta rays. Like they've just got these giant things sort of wrapped. Yeah, I don't know. And the hats don't look. One good thing either. that I noticed as well, just <laughs> I looked, is that Jim Gillespie, the director of this, has like directed pretty much nothing else. Uh, well, I say nothing else. He directed a film called Detox with Sylvester Stallone from two thousand and two. Um, he directed a film called Venom from 2005, which just looks like a shit show. Um, and then like some short films and some other random things. So it's weird that like, I mean, this was it. This was the first film he directed and this was kind of it. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame. I mean, it, it's, it's quite well directed, isn't it? It's not like, I mean, obviously they knew what style they were going for. They were going for that post scream slasher, teen slasher kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like it ticks all the boxes. Why didn't, why didn't he get more work? Maybe Maybe you didn't like it. Who knows? So there is a sequel in there. Is that I still know what you did last summer, which I Isn't think there... I remember. I, I remembered more vividly than this one because I think I remember it's got Brandy in it. I, I think Coolio turns up as well. Oh, like, Coolio! Yeah. It's on an island. I think Jack yeah. Black's in it as well. Is there a third one? one? Well, there I'll is a third one. I'll always know. I remember know the twist reveal of the killer was like a ridiculous. Like um, it's Bill Davidson. Get it, David's son. Bill Davidson, like that I was like the reveal. I think it was the, the latest one. one. I, think, I don't know one, one of them. They were like, "It's Davidson. It's David's son." So I've watched a couple of these post-scream '90s, early 2000s slashers like *Urban Legend* and *Valentine*. Yeah. I know we just dis- discussed that last episode, but I honestly think like they really do struggle. Like in hindsight, well, when you look back at them, uh, *Scream* obviously feels like a classic. And it feels sort of timeless in a way, but these ones that sort of follow up, maybe it's like the lack of meta. Yeah, like obviously screened really well with the with the meta sort of side of things. I don't know why, 
but I hate it. Yeah, that, that was my problem. Like I was watching these people, and it's it's quite early on. I think for most of the film, I'm like, I'm Team Fisherman. A lot of you have got no redeemable features. Yeah, that's pretty much how I felt with Valentine, and there's no like real sort of um, jokey comedy character or or likable. You know, even even Jennifer Love Hewitt, who's who's essentially like the girl next door in this, but even she kind of like gets on your wick. (laughs) There's one one scene that I was like, that must be played for comedy. Like where she screams, what are you waiting for? And the camera kind of swizzles around to... Got some interesting... Oh, so you got some nice trivia on that. Nice trivia on that based on, so I was watching it and based on a little Twitter exchange I had last night, find out someone knew about that particular scene. Also, I get really annoyed by this film because obviously it's trying to play it up so that you think Freddie Prince Jr. is the, is the killer. But why don't we see anything that happens to him? Because, you know, obviously spoilers for, I know what he did last summer, but Freddie Prince Jr. isn't the killer. We don't see anything from his point of view for the whole film. Well, he's not not doing anything. Well, he does get a letter. We if he goes, oh, I've got a letter. <laughs> is that set up literally just to make the audience think it's him? It could, I thought, well, there is that, but it, it could, something could have happened. I always felt like this was like this serial killer, like he leaves lots of, like, not traps, but like frets around people's lives. <laughs> what if Freddie <laughs> Prince just didn't notice? Like he, the killer yeah, set up this room, there's like a dead body in there. And he's like waiting for him to go in there, like, <laughs> like in, in the bushes or something. <laughs> and then Freddie Prince Jr. just walks right past it, just doesn't go into the door. Yeah. And then the guy's like, ah. Oh. He sits down watching football. <laughs> yeah. He sits down in front of the computer. Or maybe because the murderer is a fisherman and yeah. Freddie Prince Jr. works as a fisherman, he's got too much respect for the industry. He's like, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to mess with you work. People work really hard. Union it's, man. It's a, t- yeah. it's, a t- it's, a t- it's a tough job. Like, yeah. I'm not going to mess with that. <laughs> I don't know if it was just because I kind of was losing interest as well. But here's another thing, right? This is one thing I said about these sort of era slashers. Mm. I think you know how good they are based on what you remember of them. Like Scream, I could tell you everything and who, obviously who the killer was and why they did it. Scream 1, Scream 2, maybe not so much Scream 3. But with these films, like this one, Urban Legend, other things, I, I remembered nothing about them. So going back to them, it was like watching them again for the first time. Yeah. And everything was sort of like brand new information. And I think that shows how effective they are in terms of twists and shocks and reveals. It's a good bar. The fact that it didn't stay with me. Well, I've seen this film loads of times. This is written by Kevin Williamson. He also wrote Scream. Scream! Um, so... Kevin Williamson from Carry On Films. What's well, <laughs> his name? You'd, you'd think it'd have okay. some of the similar, you know, similar qualities, so, but maybe that's what Wes Craven brought to Scream. Yeah. Extra, the meta, yeah. the meta just takes it above and beyond. Looks like he wrote the Faculty as well, which is a good film. That I really like Faculty. Yeah, yeah. Robert Rodriguez, I think, right? He directed that. Um, correct. You're correct. Robert Rodriguez does um, great, I'm... like great films. He gets overlooked. Uh, From Dust Till Dawn, um, Sin City, like these really kind of the Faculty. These great films that. I don't know. He just seems to get so overlooked yeah. a bit these days. I rate him. Yeah, Spy Kids trilogy. <laughs> yeah, he's a good, my favorite. Good stuff. Yeah. Why did you lead with those? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chuck um, Boy versus Lava Girl. Is that one of his? No. <laughs> yeah. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. He's got some good. 
Okay, so well, the thing is, I I know this film quite well. I had this on VHS. I had Scream as a kid on VHS, and I had I know we did last summer. Kind of watched them both quite a lot. And at the time, I remember thinking it was really good, but maybe that has changed. So we'll find out when I rate the film. Um, so how does it start? They're all partying somewhere. Right? They are partying. Well, first, actually, we begin with a um, we we go to like a Miss whatever this town is called competition, don't we? Where Sarah Michelle okay. Gellar's character is having, yeah. um, she's doing her portion where she gives a speech about how she'll change the world and she announces that she's going to go to New York to serve her country through acting and the thing that first struck me in my first note here is that the friends of the contestant rather than having a place of honour in the audience where they can support their friend are like up in the rafters of the building yeah (laughs) the riffraff just watching down from there and we have a little bit of a um, Jennifer Love Hewitt's character goes oh the two the two guys are talking about I think literally it's the nineties, don't cancel me, I'm quoting, but like it's like oh she got boobs, lo- and, and she got lovely boobs. And then <laughs> and then Jennifer Love Hewitt's character goes, Oh, I'm on sexist overload already, and then laughs, nudges them and leans in to watch. <laughs> <laughs> what about oh, you oh you guys stop being such absolute pigs. <laughs> <laughs> there is something about no, I'm going to keep referring to Valentine just because it got on my nerves so much. But there is something about these films where it set it paints a lot of male characters to be assholes, misogynists, and just like no redeemable qualities, just absolute twats. And then when they die, you're like, ha, yeah, great. But I don't know. I just feel like could we get something a little bit different? I don't know. Like obviously with yeah. with Scream, you get. Um, what's his name? What's the guy's name who knows everything about the horror movies? And Randy, Randy, yeah, yeah. Randy, like obviously a genuine, genuine good guy. When he dies in Scream Two, that is like the is devastating because you're like, oh my god, like no way. But with this, when a car is trying to run down Ryan Philippe, you're like, good, run get him down. He's the like he's, down. he's the he's the best example there because he has. Not only, you know, you, when you have a character and they have flaws and they might have redeeming things, they might have problems, which makes them yeah. you know, a bit of a nightmare. But he is, like, relentless. It's like he won the he won the bingo on, like, personality faults. He drinks too much. He's an arsehole. He starts a fight. <laughs> he almost beats up his friend. He doesn't take any responsibility even, for anything. I tell you, we'll get to him. Even, yeah. even like, minor characters, such as Sarah Michelle Gellar's sister... Oh, she's a, think, she was you know, the worst. I thought I could not wait for absolute, her to die. Why was yeah, she such a bitch? That's the f- I don't know. So she's a bitch. She treats Sarah Michelle Gellar like, like shit. When she's brushing her hair at one point, she says, it is pathetic that you brush your hair. I mean, you and your fucking hair. <laughs> Do you know who that. she is? I just roll out of bed. Yeah, you recognise um, anything? <laughs> I do recognise her, yeah. So she is from... Go on, tell me, because I'm going to have to... Just, Remind myself. <laughs> She's Sonya Blade. She's Bridget Wilson. That's right. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Sonya Blade. Yeah. Sonya Blade. She's, she's also she's also in House on Haunted Hill as the um which we watched recently and she's the like oh, what is filming all the ghosts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To what they want uh, like a reality TV career. And she's Wait. Jack Slater's daughter in um in Last Action Hero. Oh, good. Wow. Oh, she's in Billy Madison as well. But yeah, so even a minor character who 
you know, has not many lines and appears in like three scenes, perhaps. She's she's made to be such a bitch that you, you want her dead as well. She's and not. Then, she's not even like a, a realistic, like not a nice person. Nah. Like she's like, oh. unbelievable. Even even like Johnny Kalecki, who we all know now is a lovable Leonard guy in that uh, Big Bang Theory show. Like his character's a weird one because he like comes across as a bit of a dick. Um, quite a few times, and I, I kind of feel like he's supposed to be the nerdy guy who we kind of like. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's he, a bit pushy, he has like one line. <laughs> Sorry, Ben, go on. He's a bit pushy towards Jennifer Love Hewitt at the start, isn't he? So he says about yeah. having a drink with her, and then he says about going out with her, and she's like, no. And he's like, oh, we've been friends forever. You owe me. Yeah. <laughs> that sort of attitude. They're like, okay, well, he's a dick. And then Ryan Philippe is like, steps in to defend Jennifer Love Hewitt's honour. I'm like, who are we supposed to be in only favor Jennifer of? Love, I think only Jennifer Love Hewitt, Freddie Prince Jr., and Sarah Michelle Gellar. Like they're the only. Freddie kind of... Prince Jr. is a complete dumbass. He's a complete vacant, dead-eyed. <laughs> just he no, looks. He, he looks gets, like he's he confused. Hit. Very. He looks like he's been Absolutely. hit in the head by like by a football when he was like At ten. At one point, and it, <laughs> it changed his <laughs> life significantly since then. <laughs> At one point, Ryan Philippe runs and punches him in the face. Freddie Prince Jr. gets up and goes, All right, then. Oh, come on. It. <laughs> no, he just punched you. Yeah. It's a back, for God's sake. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's wild. And like, maybe that's why like, he's missing all these clues that the fisherman's sending him as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's not right, that guy. Oh. <laughs> I know what he did last summer. Well, at least someone does. I can't bloody remember. <laughs> In many ways, he's the simple. He's got the simplest life, and also his career choices as well. So, option one, I'm going to go to New York or whatever city he's going to. He's no, he's he's going to New York, isn't he? I'm going to go to New York, and I'm going to sit in a coffee shop and be like a writer or a poet or something like that. Yeah. But if that doesn't work out, I'll be a fisherman. <laughs> you know, one or the other. The the twist. Uh, I, I don't know why we're talking about this already, but the twist is really un- uh, forgettable. Not unforgettable, it's the opposite. The twist in this film is so forgettable. Like the um the twist and scream, like you're saying, the story kind of holds together because like, oh, it's those characters who are the actual killers. That's quite an interesting way to do it. In this, it's like some guy we've not seen who's not yeah. been part of the film. I was confused. I was confused. Like yeah. I was like, wait, so who is it again? Like, is it this guy is he related to someone? Is he involved somehow? He's a completely oh, he's nobody. Un- unknown character. He's like an extra character that that we had no knowledge of throughout the entire film until Jennifer Hewitt starts to do some investigating. Yeah, yeah. It's just he's just this guy, but like you think, like it, it does a tiny bit of work in the way that Scream did it very well. I think where you come up and think, okay, we obviously know the killer, and obviously we don't, but you you you're led to believe you're going to be able to try and work out who the killer is going to be, and you get a couple yeah. of suspects that are immediately like almost immediately debunked. So Johnny Galecki's character is the first one where you think, oh, you know, maybe he's got something in for that group of things. He only really likes Jennifer Love Hewitt and he he hates all the others. Is he going to be the fisherman? And then maybe this relative character and then maybe Freddie Prince Jr. But like none of them, you get more than you get more than a few seconds for one reason or another to ever truly suspect them because they're immediately either proven innocent or killed. Yeah, yeah. 
What's going it's, on with Anne Hesh as like a kind of a redneck? <laughs> like, oh yeah. She looks like, like are we um, supposed to think she's the threat? You know, Res- Resident Evil people. Seven. You know, the Zoe. Yeah, character. Zoe. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say I thought exactly the same. I thought too niche, but thank you, Link. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um okay, so well they're out partying. Um they've all got plans for the future. They're all gonna go off to do big things this next year. Um, but then as they're driving home, um from their party place, the shipwreck that they just yeah. hang out at. Should we go to the shipwreck? Yeah. Um, yes, I'll stand to the shipwreck. They they all have sex there. Not I mean, I think they do. Um, yeah, pretty sure they do, because he says, Are you sure? Yeah. Uh, and she's like, Yeah, unless yeah, it was just... like, Do you show you one more beer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Then why you asked that really... so, uh, so gently. <laughs> yeah. They have sex on just a like horrible, uncomfortable bit of pebble beach. Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ. Oh bloody hell. Did you on bring the shingle beach. beach. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh so then they're driving home and um um What's his name? Ryan Philippe is sticking his head out the, the top and he's kind of like... This is where he's the worst. He is yeah. the worst. He is the worst. And he starts like dropping his beer all over Freddie Prince Jr. He's like who, spilling, who's spilling whiskey on read, him. read like road signs at the best of times. Like he can't... Yeah. Quite, he doesn't quite know what's going on. He doesn't know what gear he's in. Um, he's getting like <laughs> alcohol spilled all over his face. Um, and then he they kind of crash into this guy. Um, yeah. Well, initially yeah. to go, oh, was that, I think it was a dog. Yeah, a dog in a coat. Or it was a deer. A deer in a <laughs> yeah. coat. And Ryan Felipe's like splashed with blood from this guy going over the top of the car, having been smashed by a car. And that is the first thing they say. Because they go, oh, is it a dog? And I was like, no, it's de- definitely not a dog because it's a nobody, welly boot here. Yeah. Nobody acts, you know, how normal people act in this particular moment. Like, there's some weird thing, like, especially with... In, in, in not just in, in horror movies but in comedy movies as well where American characters of this sort of age are just obsessed with like my future being ruined by like the, the smallest thing where you're trying to go to college it's not going to happen it's just like is it really drummed into people that much that they're will- that we're meant to believe that they're willing to just kill someone and get rid of the body because they're worried that oh there's a drink driving accident yeah yeah so you're yeah. f- cancelled for life now can we can we basically say you. maybe we're talking about this with um the benefits of 2020 levels of cynicism here but rich white kids going to prison for running over a guy while they were drunk that isn't gonna happen they'll yeah. probably have to <laughs> yeah, yeah. they'll probably Freddie Prince Jr. does say he's not got the family or the money to get uh, out of this like everyone else has but he he only accidentally right. did but uh, again even if he had gotten trouble that'd be Ryan Felipe's problem for pouring whiskey all over him while he was trying to drive yeah like the thing is it was just an accident so regardless of what the situation is it was an accident call the bloody police you idiots because even if you even if this isn't a late night slasher movie you have to live with knowing that you're slung at a poor old bloke down a cliff edge. <laughs> that, that's, the thing, like... <laughs> that's the thing. That like, yeah, that was an accident. But what they then, all of them, even our, our heroine, even you know, even our main final girl, she takes part in all of this that comes comes next. Because first they see Johnny Galecki is on it. Max is his name. He's on his way over, um, <laughs> and yeah. he pulls he pulls up in the car. And um, Jennifer Hewitt goes up and says, "Oh, hey, how's it going?" Oh, Brian Felipe, he's just been just being sick, and I don't want to get the beers, you know, the sick in the car. And he looks at the car, 
that has got like a fisherman shaped dent in the bonnet and it's like doesn't look so 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 good your car does it another and, annoying moment from freddie prince jr here is that he comes over and max is just super rude to him like says Oh yeah, you really got the rich kid act down, haven't you? Wipe that shit eating grin off your face. And Freddie Prince Jr. just goes, Oh, okay, see you later. <laughs> it's like fucking I know you no matter what's happening, fucking just stick up for yourself. Just say, Oh fuck off, Max, you twat. Get out of here. We'll yeah. murder yeah. you next. That'd <laughs> be the cat out of the bag. I've just murdered the fisherman. Oh no. <laughs> oh no, you've done what? Yeah. What's he telling me? I think you're either right, Benny. Either says what the shit you're gonna face is uh, I want you to stop looking like your farts don't smell. And he's like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can can anyone do a face? Like could you on purpose do a face that was the face of your farts not smelling? <laughs> like, I guess probably having a big, probably having maybe having like a big sniff because you know, yeah. like, bloody smells of z- nothing, absolutely nothing, just void of smell. And that bit is really strange. And I'm like, why are you? Why do you hate them so much? Because you were being a bit pushy with Jennifer Love Hewitt, and they basically mugged you off. Good. And now, now what's the problem? And also, he changed jobs pretty quickly as well. In one year, he's gone from like I don't know, serving drinks or whatever. Wait for a in the ice shop. He's in the ice shop, just basically organising crabs. My <laughs> size. He's a crab organiser. Slightly <laughs> too big. Ow! B-Tech National Diploma and Crab Organisation. <laughs> <laughs> Over the course of one year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, they make all these choices, though. So Max is on his merry way. And then they, they, they take... The runover fisherman down to the down to the the docks where he where they sort of glare over him and he's proven not to be dead. That'd be the perfect opportunity when he sits up and grabs you to yeah. go. Oh, I'm so sorry, mate. We brought you down to the water because we were we were scared. I'll call an ambulance now because this man is not dead. Even if you went on to die later, you've you've done the right, right thing. But no, what, what yeah. they do is they <laughs> wash him in the sea. Yeah, yeah, they just start. Beat, do they start beating him? Did I imagine that? <laughs> I believe he beats yeah, him. Definitely beat him. Tackles him into the I'm sea. I'm alive. Yeah. This is my final, my final breath. Get in the sea. Yeah. He chucks him in the sea. In the sea, he as he's being pushed in the sea, he grabs um, Sarah Michelle Gellar's crown because she won the Miss This Town competition. Yeah. And Ryan Felipe goes into the water to beat him up in the seaweed underwater <laughs> and get the crown back because it's evidence. But then he opens his eyes, so like he's still alive. So what are we meant to but think? It, it's, but it's, why are they convinced he's dead then? Because you saw him open his eyes. Well, <laughs> because we tried to kill him three times. There's, there's no way that Ryan Felipe would have seen that. Like it's it's nighttime underwater. Yeah, it was pretty well lit, wasn't it? There was like floodlights out there. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got the crown back and then this is the um this is the bit where they they get up out of the water and they say right we must never speak of this again and prime felipe again adding to his laundry list of character flaws he then immediately goes to like strangle jennifer love here and said don't you must never talk about it again it's all right Freddie prince oh. jr again again i'm just Get laying into him, and I he does not. He doesn't step in to protect, like, uh, his his other half. He doesn't. He doesn't do anything to try and say, "Calm down, mate." He's gonna you probably think no. about something else. 
He's probably know. thinking about what should I have for dinner tonight. Well, he's already about. sworn. I know he's already sworn never to talk about it again. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he takes it completely yeah. literally. He's <laughs> gone. What? <laughs> say, say it. Say what? What are you on about? That man we just killed. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so... um... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. That's, that's all done and settled, all agreed on. Um, yeah, cuts to <laughs> cut to a year later. I think we start off with Julie, who's in school, uh, and she's not enjoying it, or she's getting like bad grades or something. She's bad grades, and her friend, um, a friend points out that oh, you've got to go and get yourself a lovely suntan, your pale skeleton ass, and yeah. go and yeah, go and go and get that. Twice. Yeah. Um, yeah, she really points out, like, you know, having a bit of concern for your friend, clearly wasting away over the year of college. But it's yeah. led to believe because then they go, she goes home, Julie comes home and sees, um, you know, she she comes back and talks to her mom. And her mom is the same. She's like, oh, you're wasting away and I've got your report card. Do you get report cards when you're at college? Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. But you get, but her mom's been reading the report card and says, oh, you're, you're doing terribly. And, you know, you're not talking to me. What's going on? But you mean to tell me it's been the course of a year and you haven't noticed this after one month, two months. She's been gradually getting worse as the guilt eats her away until one year down the line to the day it's noticeable. Well, I don't think she's been, she hasn't spoken to her mum or she hasn't called back in that entire year, has she? So she, like, escaped and didn't want to, just kind of separated herself from it, uh, the town. Um. So she, she comes back for holidays. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so who does she see fit? I mean, well, she gets the letter, doesn't she? That um, is in the, the lovely right. handwriting of the fisherman, saying, "I know what you did last summer." And she first goes to see Sarah Michelle Geller, who um, she works in Sonia Blade's clothes shop, um, <laughs> and it turns out that um, she hasn't 
lived. She isn't in New York as a successful actress. She's back working in the shop, stuck in the stuck in the clothes. Yeah. So like her life hasn't turned out great either. Um, Ryan Philippe seems to be doing all right. What was his plan? Did he have a plan? He was going to play college football um, and then have a baby with Sarah Michelle Gellar and go into rehab. They talk about that on the on the shipwreck beach. Right, in that okay. order. Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. that order. I have a baby and then I'll go into rehab. See if the baby helps me out. Then, then I'll go into rehab. And then Ray is now a fisherman. He didn't get to become like a writer in the cafes in New York or something. Um, I think he missed the bus or something like that to New York. And he just, yeah. he just went, I'm just going to go home then. Well, you can wait for the next one. Yeah. Well, I missed um, it. No, but wait for the next. There'll be another one. This ticket's yeah. non-transferable. No, 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 no. Fisherman, it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's quite early on that Johnny Galecki gets killed, right? I think. Oh, this is one of my favourite bits because the first thing um, Ryan Felipe, his immediate assumption is that it's that it's um, Johnny Galecki, it's Max that's threatening them. So. The first thing he does is goes and he beats Johnny Galecki up again. Someone else, someone else has beaten him up, and he says, "Don't you, don't mess around with us, otherwise I'm gonna don't come and you, or will have beat, you beat you, yeah. beat you up some more." And then he goes back to tell the others. And, and at first, he's very sort of um, flippant that, "Oh, you know, I've I've warned him off." He, I, I had to go back and take a note of this. Ryan Felipe says, "Don't worry, he won't do it again. I've scared the shit out of him." I rewound back to after the fight between Johnny Galecki and Ryan Felipe. And um, the thing Johnny says as he's going away is, don't test me, motherfucker. He didn't sound like he'd been scared the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't test me, motherfucker. Sounds pretty scared, that guy. I'll never hear from him ever again. See you later. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happens. The, don't test me. But then he makes the foolish mistake of putting his ice hook down and it's a technique that would go on to be used in great success in um horror classic jack frost where you see a prop that is going to become used by the main the main enemy he puts his he puts his ice hook down and goes off to arrange some more crabs and then who should sneak in (laughs) we don't know we don't know who this guy is don't know it could be yeah it's quite a nice shot when there's like steam everywhere yeah steam steam everywhere and then you kind of see his silhouette like reflecting everywhere why is the steam that's everywhere quite nice how's there ice in I a room that's full of crabs steam? are boiling up and when he starts is he boiling them, the crabs i don't giving them a little, them little nice, flash little flash boil giving them a nice bath flash boil <laughs> pinchy <Yeah. laughs> um so then i mean i i remember this kill most of my life that he's kind of looking through the steam and then out comes uh, the fisherman and he kind of hooks him in the chin uh with his mm. with his killer hook um he kind of drags him over the thing or something he pulls him over this is the like little, little crab pots that he's been working in is it yeah. the little boily bits yeah. where he's put he's boiling the crabs in so he hooks him in the chin and drags him over yeah and that's it for it him really. like Thanking, thanking his lucky stars that he found a weapon that he could now use to yeah. commit all these murders. Because he'd walk around empty-handed this whole yeah. time, gone, when it comes to the crunch, what am I going to do? 
yeah. one that's thematically relevant as well for the yeah. story that they're all telling earlier on because that struck me not to go back to on the shipwreck scene they're all telling a story about the hook-handed maniac that gets people yeah but i, I could never gather why they are telling the story because all of them know it because all of them are chipping in. No, that's not how the story goes. And every single one of those characters said, that's not the story. How did you ever get to... Like, can you imagine us sitting around the guys and saying, oh, let's let's tell a story that we all know. <laughs> Chucking no. a beanstalk. I oh, know how this ends. Bloody boring. I think that's, that scene is in Urban Legend as well, when they're all talking about yeah. the, the, the killer. It's pretty much exactly the Even same Even the scene, same yeah, legend gets, about the dripping or the feet on the on the ceiling of the car, on the roof of the car. And the, the same universe is basically that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Just don't just don't go talking about urban legends in any context because it's just not good. Yeah. Um. So who's next to? I mean, no one dies for a little bit, did you? I think they all kind of just get terrorized. Gets a bit, gets a bit run over. Yeah. He's in the gym. He's doing some punching, showing off his abs, and then his um, jacket gets nicked. And while he's running out, his car is also being nicked. And then he makes that foolish mistake. You know, sometimes when I think it happens when this is what, the reason you're not meant to pursue shoplifters, isn't it? Because sometimes they'll turn around and just beat you up and the store's not insured for that. Whatever, he runs after his car like a dog chasing it, not knowing what to do if he's caught it. And the guy stealing his car stops his car, whacks the headlights on, then runs him over with it. Yeah, we were... When I was listening to a cat, we were confused as to why he was still alive. Like he just kind of passes out or something on the floor. Um, like why not? Why not just kill him? Yeah, but because he could, and he's, he goes immediately yeah. as well to like he gets knocked through a fence and then screams "Help me!" as loud as he can, loads of times. The fisherman stands over him and then guess he just passes out, or does he give him a punch? Passes out, I think. Yeah. yeah, but I think the kind of the killer also wants to kind of. It's a bit weird because he does seem to just want to fuck with them a little bit as well, like yeah. dial up the fear Pennywise style before he eventually, yeah, does the killing. I guess that's maybe because he because they sort of murdered him th- three times. If they just run him over, he'd just have killed them straight away. But because they ran him over, choked him in the sea, and then beat him up underwater, well, that's he's the like, thing. Right, they did That's the twist, isn't it? They didn't do that to him. I thought maybe maybe now we are going to turn to those characters. It's not him that gets run over. No, he is the guy who wanted to kill the guy that got run over. Because a year before, the guy they ran over was in a car crash with his girlfriend. The killer is the girlfriend's dad, or something like that. Like it's like <laughs> it's like twice removed. But I thought that he. I yeah. thought that he. I thought that he had killed the man. I thought he had killed the boy that was dead, but then got ran over while he was walking back from that. <laughs> no, we, no, because they, they when they look at his face, he, he's got a tattoo. Oh wait, hang on a sec. No, you're right. <laughs> you're oh, right. No, because, he's a, we've because, become everything we hated about this film. <laughs> because um, they say like um, he's got a tattoo, whereas he hasn't actually. When when they say to Zoe, the Resident Evil sister girl. <laughs> she says he hasn't got a tattoo so you're right I think he he was walking back from doing a murder and then he got yeah. but then his, his face isn't that particularly smashed in when yeah. they, I don't know but it's just yeah, yeah, so right. convoluted isn't it like 
for for someone like this to work, it needs to be somebody that you know is relevant to the characters. It needs to be somebody who, first of all, you didn't quite uh, unless you're going for like uh, unstoppable Michael Myers type, where yeah, you know who it is really, but the whole po- the whole point of this slasher is that you don't know who it is and there is going to be a reveal to tell you who it is when it's kind of like someone a you don't know and b you definitely don't care about yeah there's absolutely no impact from that reveal spe- at all. yes when, like when you zero. see who it is at the end it doesn't i don't know yeah there, there's no it is You're it right, is yeah. man it's it's in it ah. yeah 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 it's that bloke yeah it's not even that bloke it's not like you go it's that bloke who we saw earlier say something or there was that creepy guy that you know was a we thought it was a red herring but oh is it maybe they could None have done a reveal better maybe they could have like had just show his arm and you see the tattoo and he goes oh that's an interesting tattoo and he goes but it was all minor details that characters spoke about look at his face and his face is all mangled oh that's an interesting face how did you get that face <laughs> Well, a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm going to go back to I'm going to go back to Valentine. That spoilers now for Valentine. And sorry if if the, you know so you know David, how do you say his name? Angel Borea, Angel Borianes, Angelus, Angelus, Angelus Epifibu. <laughs> so he is essentially the killer in it, right? But he's, he's kind of throughout it. <laughs> he's essentially the killer. Throughout it, his girlfriend, who's the main character, kind of suspects him as being the killer and all the way if you're going well it ain't gonna be him is it because he's become too heavily linked with being the killer that if it ends up turning out to be him it's gonna be naff Again, but when it is revealed that it's him has... go on sorry when it's revealed that it's him it goes nowhere we don't really understand why well i mean we understand why he did it because we do get like a pre a sort of precursor to the whole film but we don't understand how he then integrated himself in the lives of these people to then become the killer. The film just ends. Yeah. I don't think there's a sequel. There's not a sequel, is there? But it's almost like the reveal is take taking precedent over anything else. Again, this is why Scream is really good because they have that character with Billy, but then they make it obvious that it can't be him take it. because he's in Yeah. Because the killer was yeah. here at the same time. At the same time. Yeah. It's, and, yeah, scre- and, it's he gets, and he gets stabbed scream even more and he gets stabbed yeah and he gets stabbed on screen so it's almost like yeah. oh it, it being the boyfriend is a bit cliche and maybe a little bit obvious but you know we've d- yeah. diverted your attention enough times that you're thinking it definitely isn't him now and yeah. then when it is him you get like a, another little tasty bit of information that oh it's his mate as well <laughs> yeah that's good it's a, it's um scream is good this movie is not as good, I don't yeah. think. <laughs> but it still has its moments, such as bring the, I'll bring Ryan Felipe getting getting run over, and then we're revealed that he's fine. He's in the hospital. Yeah, I mean, just been a little bit. He's got a couple of scabs, and the others come and um, the others come and see him. Um, and so we've got to we've got to get this sorted. Um, they have a little they have a little visit. And then they think, right, let's go. And I think the next progress is where the fisherman does a bit of teasing, right? So um, Sarah Michelle Geller goes home. This is where the sister gives us some shit about liking her hair. Oh, yeah. I get it. Brushing, brushing your hair. I, I think we have the investigation just beforehand. Sorry, they go and see Zoe from Resident Evil. And um, she mentions that someone, one of her brother's friends, a Billy Blue, come, came to visit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then she jump scares them by 
banging on the window and saying, "You've got your cigarettes." Yeah, that's. Um, I like yeah. to say bye to people, visitors like that all the time. <laughs> I run out of the car, to the postman, and say, "Do you not mean to sign anything?" Just banging on the windows. Is that scared? Shit! And it's oh, your car's fixed, isn't it? And instead of going, "Oh yeah, just." Yeah, it is actually. They kind of just really dodgily just go, oh, yeah, I think it is all right, actually. Good, good boy. Bye-bye. Oh, man. That, I mean, that's the the most, one of the most painful parts in the movie because you'd just be so embarrassed. They've gone into a house under yeah. the pretense that um, their car doesn't work. And then when they get out there, they're sat there with the engine running. That's one of the moments they'll look back on that more than the, when they ran over the guy and they'll be cringing at yeah. that moment. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> And when that happened, yeah. <laughs> got caught out in that light, didn't we? Ooh. That time we killed that guy. What? No, the car thing. <laughs> that, that'll be their version of in my life. Honestly, still haunts me to this day. My first day of proper school ever. Um, they, for some reason, <laughs> backwards school. Obviously, they were calling the register by in first name order. I'm at primary school. The teacher shouldn't be using by anyway. So first, first. <laughs> oh, Andrew. Leaned up. Oh, what? And she goes. Sure, that makes you the cool kid. My first day. No one answers the thing. Oh, what? My my first my first day of school ever. Never met any of these kids before. This is an impactful portion of my life. She's like, you don't say what? And I was like, looking back on it, she was trying to make an example. I'm a a five year. I'm a four five year old kid. I don't sound like that. I don't sound like an impression of a. A teenager who's also an idiot. You don't say what. You say yes, Mrs. Radford. Of course, every other fucker in the class got it. They've got my pain to live off. I love that you're. Own... You still think about this? Yeah. Scarred you. Thirty-seven years old now, and I still still think back to that. Like my only. I, I have a similar thing. <laughs> I uh, in assembly, everyone was sat around like a I don't know three hundred kids. Um, and they they called for someone to come and help out with some demonstration or something, and everyone put their hands up. And then I thought they pointed at me, so I got up, was really proud, sort of walked <laughs> oh, no. walked walk to the front, and I got right <laughs> to the front. And then he said, "No, we were actually pointing at the guy next to you." So I had to walk back, and all these faces were looking at me as <laughs> I was walking back through them all. And then, like looking back, I was like, why did they not just let me stay up? Why did they make me do yeah. that awful walk of shame? <laughs> Oh jeez, but that is my. I know what you did last summer. I think I could run someone over, and that would haunt me less. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hate. I hate those those cringe moments when they do. Yeah. They hurt your soul. There is like something about them that they're not nice to think about at all. Yeah. Oh, they're the worst. But anyway, <laughs> why have I not thought about that for fifteen years? But suddenly I'm thinking about it. Mine's all football related. I think with those with those things, just like. Uh, <laughs> there's just moments where I've just either fallen over or like hit the ball really hard against the post and it's come back and hit me in the face <laughs> and everyone's going Way! <laughs> I, uh, I, I played a, a, this, this is mine this is mine I played a game at uh, Wembley once it was like a charity sort of thing wow. through work uh, and and they went oh yeah just bring AstroTurf trainers you're not going to not only need official football boots it's going to be fine oh, it's only going to be little pitches it was on a full pitch and it was so rainy and there was like a, just a whole massive pit. There was a whole group of like blokes who worked at a, 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 like a brewery 
So all proper blokes, proper lads. When was this? And I ran over to take a. I went over probably about five years ago, five six years ago. God. I ran over to take a throw in. <laughs> I ran over to take a throw in with no grip on my shoes. <laughs> I slipped, and no word of a lie, I went about fifteen feet down the touchline, just sliding, and they were going, "Way, she fell over, she fell over." My face was so hot. My face was so. And then, I, and then I took the throw. And, it, and the ref blew the whistle and said that was a foul throw. Oh, so I didn't, <laughs> I didn't put it behind my head far, far enough. And I was so embarrassed. And I was, all I could think about was trying to stay on my feet because I was like slipping all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. So that's, that's it, why I know what you did last summer moment. I think of all the time. If it's any consolation, Ben, those other guys, they brought gender into it. So they're all cancelled now. So yeah. They're all cancelled. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, you know, everyone listening in, if it makes like if it it might help us feel better, you know, do get in touch on the on the socials and let us know which which thing you wish people didn't know you did last summer because this has been very cathartic. Yeah, yeah. cringe moment. Yeah, but anyway, they've had one of those after they've been embarrassed and meeting sorry from Resident Evil, um, and then they go back. Sonya Blade takes the out Sarah Michelle Geller. We haven't used a single character's name. This is very confusing, I'm sure, but um. She Maybe makes fun of her. Like Julie, Julie, Helen, Barry, and Ray. What are are they <laughs> Helen like? Helen is not Sarah Michelle Gellar. Helen. Yeah. yeah. Who, who are Julie, he- Helen, Barry, and Ray? Are these the four the four people on, on holiday in Benidorm? Like, like a, my mum's called them. Julie. Her mate's called Helen. Barry, I think, is Helen's husband, who was a butcher. This is from growing up. I think his name was Barry. <laughs> <laughs> What's the other guy's name? Ray. 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 Oh. Ray's the kind of dodgy guy that Definitely. you're not supposed to go near. One of the Ghostbusters. <laughs> One of the Ghostbusters or the dad from Sister Sister. Yeah. It's just, who are the, who named these characters? I mean, 1997. Like, who's just gone? They've literally just gone, right, I'm, who should I name these characters? Based and they on look the, around the room, novel. Though, when, when was the novel? 70s. I don't know. That's yeah, that's 70s it, names. Was it, was it the yeah. same characters, though, in the novel? I don't know. Nobody knows. After, after <laughs> we'll see if it's unaudible in a bit. But, um, it's true. Yeah. It, I've just um, checked. So all the same character names. So obviously they should have just updated it. They should have gone right. Well, it's been twenty-four years since this novel came out. Let's now just it's, now. now it's CJ and other names of that time. <laughs> uh, Clay, CJ, Clay, CJ. Byron. Um, Is that a name that those kind of <laughs> Trey, Trey, Byron. CJ, Trey, Chat. Clay. TJ. TJ. Um, <laughs> yeah. Probably a Chad. Look like a Chad. Chad, Chad, yeah. Chad. Um, but then the, you look at the, the names, names of, of the names of the people. A Sarah, a Ryan, a Jennifer. Yeah. yeah. Freddie Prince Jr. Look at, look at the names of the characters in Scream, which was a year before. Sydney, Gail, Stu, Tatum, Billy, kind of real, Randy. There like, you go, Tatum, yeah. I've just kind of realised that Freddy looks nothing like his uh, dad, Prince. Like he. <laughs> 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 uh, it's the thing that it's it's Prince though, isn't it? There you go. Yeah. Don't ruin the joke. Prince. That's an interesting name. Um. <sighs> but yeah, so. Sorry, Michelle played. Geller. Uh, Helen. Helen gets, gets made fun of for having yeah. her, for loving her hair, and then she goes, "Oh well, 
after that exchange, I'm going to have a, have a little sleep. <laughs> and she's, yeah. the cupboard door's open, and she wakes up in the morning only to find her hair's all been chopped off. Well, they say that. But I and like, but then when you see in the next scene, she looks fine. Yeah, this is a trim. I'm thinking she doesn't know what it's like to lose her hair. Not really. <laughs> well, we say in the next scene she's fine. In the next scene, she's got a hat on with it all stuffed in there, like covering it as if she's been given a Mohican. Yeah. And, and, and a scene later, scene, it's she's normal. Just, it's just like shoulder length. If yeah. I was that killer, I would have gone to town and give her give her Anne Hesh. And yeah, but yeah. what's happened is, yeah, she's she's got shoulder. She she ends up with shoulder length hair. Yeah. When originally she had slightly longer than shoulder I length hair. You know, in Jackass Two, where they're going around with the clippers, with like a POV shot, and they yeah. just grab <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That would have ruined her life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was living in a pre-Jackass society. Only also, just. Also, I mean, to be fair, so uh, she doesn't get it that bad. Um. Ryan Felipe got ran over, uh, and then what's her face? Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt got a body in the car, like a only dead body. A few, only for like a few seconds, though. And this is one of two occasions in this. This film is where I didn't when... realize this film was a supernatural magic film until <laughs> this guy made he managed to clean. He must have got some like Polish cleaners into it or something. So, <laughs> <laughs> someone, you know how fast they turn those cars around. <laughs> Like, cause it like one minute there's a body, like, there's full of crabs in the boot. Ten minutes later, spotless. It's the it's the crabs. I think it's there's even, even there's minutes. even a new smelly on the on the wing mirror on no, the rear view mirror. <laughs> she goes. Crab right. <laughs> she, there is a man in the back of the car that has been dead for at the at the at the at the least he's been dead a day. And this man is dead in the car, but not only a dead body, but it's full of crabs, <laughs> full of crabs. And this, and then in the time, in the time it takes her to go into the house, yeah, tell tell the other guys, I've got crabs. That I got I got crabs and <laughs> dead Maxes in the car, and they're like, don't believe it. And she goes, oh well, do believe me. And she goes, right, I do. They come out and yeah. look, and then it's completely. Why do it's they even not got... believe her though? Because they've all been experiencing like. You know what he would have done? Murder Sniff. Or... Smells like someone's had the hoover on in here. You can tell. <laughs> <laughs> That's suspicious. Someone's had a shaking back. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's the middle of the day. Yeah. It's like a residential Imagine street. looking around the corner and seeing like a, a, a man in like a giant slicker suit like with a spray and a, like a cloth like cleaning down. He's just around the corner trying to desperately drag. You know when you go to IKEA and you get those big bags for getting bits of furniture, the big blue ones with the handles. Yeah. He's pulling one of those around, just full of crabs and and yeah. Johnny Galecki. Or or he's like gone installed in their car, like some sort of magic trick scenario. Yeah, it's where just it's like a a, big boot. They should have just. They should have just like. I bet there's like an extra level. They should have just looked under that. They're like, it does smell and sound like crabs. They they just. <laughs> <laughs> it smells like crabs. It sounds like crabs. It is crabs. We've all been yeah. there. We've all been there. But imagine if they caught him out with that. They like lifted this up, and they were like, "Ah, he's just a he's just a massive idiot who thought he could fool us by putting like a like a, a sheet a pretend of inside of boots." <laughs> that dead body looked awful as well. That dead body looked awful. It was covered with cramps, just because the effects department hadn't finished it. It was like, do you think <laughs> <some> horrible? Big, <laughs> it was a blow up man. Do you actually think that Jennifer Love Hewitt's character she shouts Max as she's closing the boot? Do you reckon that's to give us the audience just that extra bit of oh yeah, yeah that's who it is. 
I would have not known. Maybe. Uh, I, I kind of knew who it was. But um, I've, I've not put it in the trivia, but apparently they had to stop production because Jennifer Hewitt, uh, after seeing that dead body, was like uh, shaken to the very core, so she couldn't film anything else for a little while. That sounds like a lot. That sounds like a lie to make everyone go, bloody hell, this film is scary after it all. Is, it is intense. <laughs> so when yeah, she turns, be- she turns and shouts at the screen saying, yeah. what are you waiting for? Yeah. So I found out last night that that scene was directed by a kid who won a contest. Really? Did you know that, Luke? No, I didn't no. know that. That's, I mean, that one scene is, is ludicrous. Like, it's just like one shot. Like it's just that one, sh- like, a, like it's a crane shot. It's like an aerial, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What so what's weird for? is that it is essentially one of the most iconic moments in this film, mainly because it's ridiculous. I think I've I seen kind of people parody it love. quite a few times. So it's been parodied in a scary movie where she says, "What are you waiting for?" And there's like a a teacher going to kill himself, and he goes, "What am I waiting for?" Okay, and he jumps out and <laughs> kills himself. Pretty funny. I don't know why, but the little spin that Jennifer Love Hewitt does as well. Yeah, it just made it made me hate her character so much. Um, there were a few bits about Jennifer Love Hewitt that got my nerves here. Initially, when she gets the first note and says, "I know what you did last summer," as she opens it, it cuts back to her and she's got tears streaming down her face. How immediate were the tears that she opened it and went, "Cry!" and they're already down my face, dripping off my chin. Yeah, yeah. So it was directed by a kid. He won a he won a uh, a contest to direct a film, to direct a scene. Not only did they actually keep it in the film, which you think maybe the directors would have gone. Right. Did he do the whole movie then? Is that why? (laughs) Possibly. Maybe that. Maybe that. that, Maybe that actor. Maybe the um, director is that kid. Have you ever seen what's the director's name? Jim Gillespie. You ever ever seen? You ever seen him that he's not a kid? Little Jimmy Gillespie. Jimmy Gillespie. But apparently he didn't just direct the scene. He, the scene was also conceived by the kid. Well, the kid said, I want When you to say the, the scene, street. because that scene is um, them going out to check the boot, nothing being yeah, there. Yeah. Or is it just that one shot? Or? It must be that one shot then, yeah. It must be that one shot. So <laughs> from that happening, her turning around and screaming, what are you waiting for? What's she looking at as well? Because you can imagine there's someone in like yeah. a second floor on a house across the street looking out at the time what are you waiting for huh? and he goes what <laughs> I like Sorry. the idea of this kid saying um, it needs more drama <laughs> can you really push it to 11 because <laughs> that like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like He's melodramatic gone. that part yeah, yeah. Little, little Steven that's the Spielberg, best acting yeah. Jennifer Love Hewitt has ever done and that, I mean that's saying something sorry Well, okay. that kid, that kid really got the best out of them all Here's here's where like the murders start happening because like this the, the next day is the day of the parade like it's it's exactly one year since they ran over the guy. Um, Jennifer Love Hewitt goes to do some detective work whilst Sarah Michelle Gellar um, uh, is in the parade. She has to give give the scepter, crown, crown yeah. whatever to the um, to the next winner. Um, I think this scene is pretty good. The whole thing with her. From here to the point where she gets murdered, I think is pretty good. Where she's running away and and, and the fireworks and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think you're right, Luke. This is the probably my favourite part of the movie, and this is where the team have decided. I think this is just before Jennifer Love Hewitt's like big "What are you waiting for?" scene, or just after where she goes like, "I've had enough of this. Tomorrow's his day. We're gonna make sure we do it because 
I, for one, I want my life back. And I paused and went, oh, I see. You've been really hard done to because you feel bad because you killed that man. You're the victims here, I forget. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So they go to the, they have the parade through the street and Ryan Philippe is, he's watching initially as they go through the float, isn't he? Um, and he runs after uh, everyone at this parade is dressed as a fisherman in the in the, in yeah. the rain slicker, oh, um, and he chases after the first one he's seen and assaults an old an elderly man. Yeah, um, but to be fair, guys, he had like, it coming. Yeah, that guy's in tears as well. He that guy who uh, <laughs> in the slicker jacket. Yeah, but I mean, it's hot day. Maybe he wasn't crying. Maybe he's just sweating. I don't know. Um, so then, Sam Michelle Geller's in the parade, right? In the, in the She's parade. in the parade, and, uh, and then they get to like the Miss the Miss This Town competition, right? Yeah. Um, and that, what what is the like age limit on that? Because I was thinking, oh, they're all like supposed to be young girls or in college age. It's like a forty-eight-year-old woman who's doing a performance while Sarah what Michelle Geller looks on. What, what oh, are she yeah. singing now? Oh, she's singing Fame. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Crap later, though. She's giving it a go. Yeah. And, and this is she, proper frustrating as well, because it's proper frustrating, because Sarah Michelle Gellar's character sees Ryan Philippe getting yeah. murdered, essentially, by the hookman, and she's running, saying, help him, help him, but everyone just, like, Everyone starts grabbing her. her and... Yeah. Everyone, like, subdues Yeah, that annoyed, that annoyed me. Does that happen if you're ever walking down the street? Like, Get if, you see, if you see someone running, saying, quick, call an ambulance, do you just subdue that person? Yeah. <laughs> Quickly, I had to be subdued. And they just Get off. To the ground. Yeah, that's weird. That, 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 that really annoyed me. I don't. It's, that annoys me that you we play the Fall Guys game sometimes on PlayStation. People grab people on that as well. It gets that same part of me. I get dead annoyed. What are you grabbing yeah, for? Yeah, get off me. Get <laughs> yeah. off my body. Yeah. yeah, it is annoying. And then the police officer like, is a blivering idiot as well, where he's just like, yeah. he's never come across an actual crime in his life. So she's saying, oh, there's a kid on the loose. He's like, it's probably just kind of some kind of silly prank. I was always go, doing it when I was go, your he age. Takes, uh, for, let's have a little look at the place where this murder is supposed to be done. And he looks at this one little portion of the floor and goes, nope. Yeah. Not there. <laughs> yeah. 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 But then, and then as, she, as we go away, like we see convinced. like dripping blood. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she's in the car. They're going to drive back to the police station. or going to drive her home or something. Uh, and then they spot a, a guy trying to fix his car in the middle of the road, so they can't. And he has to go through this alleyway, uh, so they can't sort of turn turn around or anything. Um, <laughs> and then she sees that it's the guy, the killer. Um, I think the he he gets like gutted or something. Like, doesn't he go right in he, under the ribcage? He, he yeah, he gives him like a like a hook punch to the to the tummy, doesn't he? Right yeah. in the gulliver. Um, he, willing to are we willing to believe that this killer, who's obviously angry at these four people for whatever reason, are we willing to believe that he's that he wants to go as far as to like kill anyone who comes in contact with them? Essentially, I the same the policeman. Police? The policeman didn't really do anything. Yeah. And also, Johnny Galecki, all he did was have that hook at his workplace. <laughs> he should, he should oh, be congratulating yeah. him. Why are they he should be thanking him. 
it's not really about yeah. it's not really about revenge. And maybe maybe we're led to believe that this fisherman was clearly quite happy to kill people anyway. Yeah. Maybe um if though maybe it's a maybe it's a flaw in the plot. Who knows? One of those two things. Yeah. But um yeah, he does. He kills three to my count people who had nothing to do with his running over. Yeah. yeah. I guess I the just don't quite buy it. The policeman most markedly as well, like you're not likely to actively get away with that one. It's not like, you know, the if you kill that guy and running him over or you've done some of those other things, but like if you actively smash up a policeman, yeah. they're gonna really yeah. look for that. Yeah. <laughs> and it just happens it just another film happens subsequently after that, where the police officer is then the killer trying to hunt down that killer. I know yeah. what you did last summer. You hooked me. <laughs> and then it's just a non-stop, never-ending domino effect of these films. Where you kill someone, but they don't quite die. And then a year later, they come back and get you. Yeah. Just make, just finish the job, and it? Just make sure you finish the job, just in case. That's that's the killer's advice. You'll come to that. But yes, yeah, so um, <laughs> Helen runs to um, Sonia Blade's shop. Yeah. And um, she... Takes a sweet time letting her in because she's already started locking up. It takes a while, um, and this is where like the fisherman he could have got her because literally you see her, him walk under the awning of the shop, and yeah. somehow somehow the sister doesn't see her. Oh god, that sister! Um, when she like <laughs> Helen is like smashing the door, like so screaming for help. She's obviously distressed, and the sister's like. Oh. <sighs> Like she can't be yeah. asked to like open the door. Like, it's Come so on. annoying. What's what's the? She's like, what's the problem? Yeah, I'd be like, are you fucking? Are you thick? What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she takes an age to unlock the door. Um, they go inside. Uh, I think what happens? So, so, so Helen Helen Geller goes upstairs to phone the police. No, what? I don't know. The other sister, yeah. the sister goes to shut the other door, and Helen goes to phone the police, but it doesn't work for some reason. Yeah. Um, but meanwhile, the killer comes in and hooks Sonia, gives her gives her a killing. It, it, yeah. It, when he when he hooks Sonia, she right up to the moment she's killed, she still doesn't like quite believe what's happening. It's almost like she's still really cynical. He yeah. stands in front of her and she goes. Like who are you? Yeah. And then when he shows the hook, she get, kind of goes, uh-huh. like, oh, if you're yeah. gonna then just go on, murder me. Pooh! Even dies like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> She's slagging him off. Oh, you hook, are you? Always obsessing oh, about that. Oh, you killed oh, me. Are you? Go on, if you're gonna hook me, are you? Hook, go on, hook a defenseless poor woman. Go on then. Oh, yeah, pathetic. good. Pathetic. <laughs> um, <damn it. laughs> I've remembered. Like, isn't we we keep going back to this early scene. Do you guys recall there's a bit where um, Freddie Prince Jr. runs up to Jennifer Love Hewitt and actually shouts to her, pretending to be the killer, I'm going to hook you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting foreshadowing. Yeah, I'm going to hook you. Yeah, that's just... But, um, yeah, so Sonia, Sonia's been hooked and then and then it comes to Helen's turn Um we have a scene where oh, at this point they, is she Buffy the Vampire Slayer in the in the chronology of it must be right. So if this is what yeah. nineteen like mid nineties, Buffy must be a thing by then. 
So it makes this all the more tragic then, really, because Buffy was a hero to many. Um, and she puts in a good fight as well. Like she goes up the um, like the dumb waiter into the into the uh, attic full of mannequins or wherever. Oh, and he gives her a spook, doesn't he? First, because the the fisherman's yeah. gone. He's killed the sister. He goes, "This will be a laugh," because all the mannequins in the shop have had um, like dust sheets put over them for the night, I guess, in case it's yeah. very dusty <laughs> in the night in the shop. And yeah. he's he's gone under the man. He's obviously got on there and just put there and thought. This is <laughs> I, now I can see why they made why they had to make scary movie why that was an important film to make because there's that scene in that way he's kind of hiding and his feet are like hanging <laughs> sticking out um, like these films were so ready to be sort of parodied and uh, ripped the piss yeah. out of yeah um, but she jumps out a window into the garbage I think um, yeah she jumps out the window into the bins um, and then legs it down the street. And then this is where we have the scene where she's running through the alley and we can see the parade is just at the end. All she's got to do is get, what, about 10, 20 metres back to um, back to safety, I guess. Yeah. But it um, doesn't happen, does it? No, and no one no. notices, like, she's like a step or like a five metres at the most away from uh, safety. Yeah, it's, it's, I, think that's, I think that's quite a good scene. Um, and then... She just gets hooked, yeah. hooked in a big pile of tire in a big pile of tires, right? But um, is it, it's like still daytime. I'm not too sure. I seem to remember like it goes to Jennifer Love Hewitt doing some of the investigatory stuff. I don't think it quite added up timeline wise. Yeah, because she's gone back to <laughs> Zoe from Resident Evil's house and has gone back <laughs> and said. Oh, she's taken the yearbook, hasn't she? In the hope that she can she's point a little out fish up as well, doesn't she? Oh yeah, so she can step out menacingly. She's got yeah, a dead turkey and is chopping up fish, and she comes out like sometimes, you know, when I'm carrying a um, when I'm carrying a, a knife, I, I just carry it menacingly and point point outwards at people. Um, but yeah, she it turns out she's not a wrong gun. She has an argument with her. And this is where she kind of says, oh, it's too difficult to explain that we ran your brother over. And he's like, oh, no, my brother brother killed himself. Uh, he left a note. And it turns out that that is also a note from the from the murderman saying, I know what you did last summer. I know what, what you did. The note, what does the note say again? The note says, I know what you did or something along those lines. Um, because, yeah. yeah. I mean, let's be honest, it wasn't, 100% clear either way what the hell was going on because initially I was like one of them is misconstruing what the other person's trying to say and that can't be it and what and <laughs> I wasn't 100% it wasn't 100% clear so well, it's still, we... <laughs> even so like he it seemed like he wanted to commit suicide at the very very start of the film you see this guy yeah. sat on a cliff edge swinging this thing around in a year before he'd accidentally killed the, his the, actual, the actual killer's daughter, I think is if that's right. Um, yeah. So, do you think that he was pushed to kill himself by the fact that the fisherman knew that it was his fault? His daughter maybe, died. Maybe he kept sending him notes and pushed him over the edge. But then, yeah. but then, was... if that's his mo, why would he this time be like, "I'm going to push once." 
and then I'm going to kill him. <laughs> well, maybe he's got a taste for it now. Maybe he's like, he's... oh, I want to beat my PB. If I can get him to kill himself in one note, great. If I can't, <laughs> take him to my ends. Is this whole subplot even needed? Like, four people accidentally kill a guy and he comes back seeking revenge is simple enough, right? That's as simple as it needs to get. Are any of these other characters really needed other than to kind of... Well, I kind of feel like Scream was so big that they were like, we need the murder mystery element. It can't be like an 80s slasher where it's like Jason got drowned and now he's coming back to kill everyone. Like there needs to be the murder mystery element to it. But it doesn't work. Like I don't, I don't think it works. I think it just conv- yeah. it's convoluted, and um, I think that the, if this wasn't needed, I tell you what certainly isn't needed: the fact that the the next bit that comes up with the Billy, whatever his name is, Billy Blue. Yeah, yeah. Freddie Freddy is... Prince Junior's boat is the Billy Blue Eyes boat, and then we find out Deadpool Shoot runs away. We find out that his next door neighbor boat or like near enough is the killer's boat yeah, yeah. this is what's happening so um freddie prince jr goes oh come and come and sit on the boat we'll have a chat about it she notices it's called billy blue he goes oh yeah i did go and see that woman and you know that happened but it's all right i just wanted us to get back together she's having none of it she runs away freddie prince jr comes after her but then gets clotheslined by the by a fisherman yeah uh, could have happened to a nicer guy. <laughs> yep. He didn't feel it. Doesn't feel much of anything up there these days. Um, <laughs> what was that then? A bird? <laughs> yeah. So oh, he's taking a tumble over. over, and the fisherman is immediately creepy. He's like, "Oh, get on the boat, child." Is that? Yeah. All right. Okay. I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Fine. And she gets onto his boat. Um. He follows her on uh, onto the boat and then just unties the little ropes so he can go out to sea. Yep. But unfortunately, she walks into his room of clues where there's an orgy of evidence that he is the killer. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, a he's got room. a picture of himself yeah, clue room. with an arrow pointing to his head saying, I'm the killer or something. <laughs> and there's yeah. like a fisherman's coat and a hook. And a sign on the hook saying "Use yeah. this for killing teenagers" and loads of photos of <laughs> lo- yeah. loads of photos of them all. A map of all his crimes marked on there. If like, so, and like anybody else walked onto that walked onto that boat, they'd be like, "Hey, David, what's all this like killing this teenagers thing about?" I was just a laugh. R- writing a novel, a mate. Silly then. <laughs> <laughs> writing a novel, doing a bit of research. Yeah. So, like, Julie starts. She goes below deck and then she's in like a place with a load of ice and it's the most fake ice you've ever seen in your life. It's just like little bits of plastic. It's she's uh, just crawling around. Gelatin, apparently. Little chewy bits of gelatin. <laughs> also, there are the, so many hiding places on this boat. Like the man is actually yeah. shouting after yeah. her. He's like, oh, there's nowhere to hide. But she goes into like a hold compartment and then goes through yeah. a door in there to some sort of engine room and then yeah. goes through a little hatch in there into the ice room. And At one she, point, uh, the like, guy from Crystal Maze pops up and starts guiding her through somewhere else. He finds He's, the bodies of Helen and Barry in there as well. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, Meanwhile, hasn't Freddie Pinchuni? He's got onto the boat, but then been punched off it by the hook. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's hanging on by the 
by the rope or something. He's, yeah, he's hung on to a rope because the boat has sped up at some point. So while Julie is hiding, he has climbed back up into the rigging of the boat. Um, after going through all these weird compartments and finding a place to hide, Julie opens a trapdoor and is back on the deck with the killer looking down at her. But thankfully, Freddie Prinze Jr. gets a little bit of inspiration and he swings a dirty great hook at him. Yeah. What happens here? So like, it wraps around his hand? Not yet. It biffs him in the face right. and... That hook looks pretty heavy. I think you might be knocked out for longer than a few seconds if you get a hook that size swung into your face. Yeah, he only just had his face reconstructed from the last time they smashed it up. And they, uh... <laughs> yeah, but he, he takes a tumble. Um, they come down and they got... He, Freddie Prince Jr. helps Julie out of the out of the uh, out of the hold and they're like oh thank goodness safe but then his eyes ping open and he sits up like the undertaker and he's like he's ready to go yet again um but this is where doesn't he he goes to beat them up again it's not looking good for him but then in some kind of accident he gives them some advice saying oh next time you murder someone make sure they're actually dead um mm. so Taking that advice, what they do is they wrap his hand around a hook. He gets pulled up into the gears and his hand gets mashed off. Um, and then he swings around again and like falls into the sea. Yeah. So we don't actually see him die again. Um, yeah. Yeah. But the pol- yeah, but he drops into the sea. The police come. Um, Ray and Julie have a little chat about like, oh. The thing is, I just love you, and you and you get me. Are they, are they back together now? What do we think? Yeah, I think they are because, like, it cuts to a yeah. year later, and I think they're on the phone to each other. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that. Yeah, they yeah. are. Yes, they yeah. they must get back together at that point, but they still continue the lie because the policeman turns up and says, "Cool, what do you reckon he was uh, trying to kill you about?" And they're like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, don't know." Yeah. Oh, well, to be could fair, this guy Freddy... have any reason to want you dead? No. <laughs> and he, but he's being genuine. Yeah, he's he being remember. genuine. That's the yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor yep. Freddy. Yeah, he, they're like, no, no, I've got, I've got no idea why he's trying to kill me. Apparently, all the evidence that he left in his boat, none of his motives were in there, just his method. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, One of his post-its on there was like, write down why I'm trying to kill these things, like TBC. He's like the most uh, uninspired killer in terms of like I with the coat and stuff the slick coat yeah he's he's kind of like quite an interesting killer to look at but when you when it reveal it's just like a it's just like an uncle in a with a cap and a like in a <laughs> it looks doesn't look like imposing at all like he looks like he could fix your car or something but it's yeah, not and he gets he gets killed by Freddie Prince Jr aka yeah I dumbest. mean he's not going to end up in space like Jason like they're not gonna like take this franchise to that kind of place. Uh, I know what you did last summer X. Where they, what would it be called it, if it's in the like? I guess if it was. I know what you did I on. I know. Earth. I still. I still know what you did last. I always know. Maybe it's like I Earth. will know what you did. <laughs> I know what you did uh, on uh, last summer. That's on the Earth calendar. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you did. I will know what you did, Summer 3000. I, like I actually like the sound of it. 
<laughs> I will know what you did, Summer 3000. That's cool. I will know what you have done, Summer 3000. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but you're right. Like, it's not going to happen. Out of interest, um, do, do any of you have a particular... This is like uniform dating, isn't it? But is there any job outfit that you think would make a, partic- a particularly effective murderer costume? So Fisherman we've now done. Lollipop police officer, but that's a bit close to the bone for the current, yeah. <laughs> current yeah. climate. Maniac uh, did that. Yeah. Lollipop lady, because they've got the, the, like, the stick... Idea. And they've got, and they got they, like they a, kind of guide kids as like a Pied Piper sort of thing going on. Cross this road, yeah. now this one, follow me. All these onto roads, a, 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 every onto edge a of highway. You could have like, the, the lollipop <laughs> with like rotary blades going yeah. around. Oh, and, yeah, it could be it's sharp, spin. couldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I reckon you've got that yeah, one. And now good. we've and now we've said it on a recorded medium. No one can steal it. If you want this Blumhouse, you know what yeah. to call lollipopman. The lollipopman, yeah. Um, with no. lollipop ladies and men uh how'd you get that job is it their only job is it just something you do on the side is it like you can't, you can't be like a cleaner where you've got several things that you're working because the, the kids all come out of school at the same time so you can only do one road yeah, i think it was yeah i mean i think they get paid in tips <laughs> <laughs> i think the kids are supposed to like throw a, like 10 pence throw like the pocket money they don't but. Do you reckon that? Like, this is why she wants revenge. I've been working for free oh, for twenty years. These years, no, no kid has stopped to say hello oh, to me. It's entire do you, time. <laughs> do you reckon that eventually he become like a like kind of a river sticks ferryman, and like he'll get yeah. let the kids get halfway across, and then go puts the sign across, and the cars just come. And yeah, oh, that's good. I thought you were going to say like she puts the the change that she was due on their eyes, as like and like she leaves that like. You know what I mean? Like a penny for the ferryman. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm digging this. So, lollipop man, yeah, or woman. Um, what yeah. about you, Ben? Any any work uniforms you'd love to see in a horror setting? Uh, Asda. <laughs> just a, Asda. The trolley, just the trolley line, person. The trolley person. Of Asda. The sort of the just manager, the like the manager guy who's got you. the headset. He obviously means business. Yes, I'm going to come and kill yeah. them right now. It's just uh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. with the trolley straight into them. Oh, yeah, and he's gonna... he says over that tannoy, he can control the other workers. He'd be like, yeah. service call, please. Um, Murder all, this person all, on all the bit, or cue busters. Village on R3, it's yeah. blood. I just think, <laughs> yeah, like, Asda has ruined like lime green for anything. Every time we see green on it, anyone got a green t-shirt on, I just think, do they work at Asda? Anyone who's eating yeah, a lime, tap their pocket. I, think, I bet they got that lime <laughs> tap from Asda. Their <laughs> Yeah. yeah as the, then there's a whole different level to it as the george employees that's just someone completely different i'll tell you what black, and black green trim the film is a good job to be a, a killer um but I, I don't remember if the film's good or not but i remember it creeping me out is the dentist have you seen that one dentist. i'm, I'm aware of it isn't it parodying parodied in gremlins 2 <laughs> i don't know but um <laughs> I remember, I remember, like, his, I seem to remember, and maybe I've made this up, but he sterilizes someone's mouth and they can't feel anything. He starts just, like, yanking teeth out, like, just, like, ripping tons of them out. Maybe I've made that up. I don't know. Dentist. It sounds great. <laughs> what a time. So, where were we? Oh, yeah. So, we 
don't think the fishing man is inspired. I guess the final acts of the film are we go into a, a year later. Julie is now top of the class, as she's pointing out on the and phone. topless. Don't forget yeah, the she's, point. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's all over. She's top of the class and going to have a shower, but is having oh, a she's lovely She's going to get sexy... in the shower with the phone at one point. Yeah, I was like, whoa, a... whoa, whoa, whoa. That's uh, not going like to be it. earth. <laughs> you like it. I like that song. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah. But um, she's having all sexy chat with um, with Ray, um, and then her, her roommate comes and says, "Oh, don't, you've got you've got some post." She goes and looks at it, and lo and behold, it is the signature font of the uh, of the fisherman. <laughs> Yeah. But then it isn't because she opens it and it just turns out it's common handwriting and it's an invitation to a pool party. It's car cleaning services. So this is suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> car cleaning services. Uh, uh, same... We'll get crab residue out of your yeah. car. At the same time, she hears this. And she's like, that sounds like someone <laughs> wiping their finger on my mirror on a piece of glass. And then, <laughs> you're right. And then got there. <laughs> this is what bothers me, though, guys. Yeah. That we we've established that the that the killer has a has a recognisable typeface that he uses from his letters, but his writing on the mirror is not in that font. His writing on the mirror is very very clean lines. Well, he's lost he the tried. hand. Maybe he's lost the hand that he used to write. If he's left-handed yeah. now, who knows? His natural font could have changed. He's had a year to practice. Yeah, yeah. using his nose. <laughs> Yeah, he always waits a year. That's the good thing. That's you could probably use that to your advantage if you're up I against. What he does with the rest of his year? Why well, just goes, you know, mosey about the house, potter around. <laughs> I suppose he has to go, go and like he goes and watches like loads of Penn and Teller shows so he can yeah. do the car cleaning, and then he and then he knows, and then he spends the next eight months when they're off season, literally like practicing <laughs> how fast can you clean a car. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and that's how it ends. Um, so I don't think there's any credit post-credit scenes or anything. I didn't stick around. Um, I've got a couple of trivia questions for you guys. Number one, which came first, Scream or I Know What You Did Last Summer? Has to be Scream, right? Scream. Or is it scream a, trick a year before? I think. So Kevin Williamson wrote this script before Scream, but was unable to sell oh. it following the big screen success of his next screenplay. Scream, Columbia Pictures immediately bought I Know What You Did Last Summer. So, I mean, Scream was released first, but I Know What You Did Last Summer was uh, actually written in 1970 or something, which we we now know. Uh, But the screenplay came first. Um, Number two, which of the cast is now married to which other member of the cast? Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prinze Jr. That's what I was going to say. them too. Yeah, they first met together filming this. I don't I don't, know. I don't know what happened to Freddie Prince Jr. He doesn't really act much more. Even even Sarah Michelle Gellar doesn't do too much these days. Bit of a shame. I bet she made a killing from Buffy, though, right? Does she ever need to? Yeah. Yeah. I got some name game for you. It might be a little bit different. I mean, it does. It follows the naming convention of the film, but you'll see what I mean. Okay, so. Um, I've got this film. It's about four kids who accidentally run over a rural midsummer festival. But a year later, the midsummer festival returns and makes them drink its period blood. 
Do you guys know what that film's called? <laughs> <laughs> so the Midsummer Festival. I know what you did last Midsummer. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's I just have to remember to think. Just think as simply as possible. Don't yeah. try and ever complicate <laughs> it with a name game. Okay. So this this other one I was watching. It stars that Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and he accidentally runs over his relationship with Zoe Deschanel. I don't know what that one's called. I know what you did last five hundred days of summer. What did you say? Well, I got the wrong number. It's I know what you did last five hundred days of summer, right? Correct. Okay. Well, I'll see if you know what this one is then. So it's about these four kids and the accident run over a man who's just got his first real six string. He bought it at the five and dime, played it till his fingers fled, <laughs> and then he was run over. And now he's out for revenge. Ah, it, was the, it was Brian Adams they run over as well. <laughs> I know what you did last summer of sixty nine. Correct. I've got one for you if you like, Luke. All right. Like, right. Oh, so, flip reverse. Um, so <laughs> a fisherman, having done a nice bit of hacking in his year off, takes revenge on some pesky teenagers who have sniped him at the last minute on some eBay auctions uh, the previous year. <laughs> the previous year beat him on the auctions I think there's a term for that but I don't know what it is well they, they sniped him on the auctions but he's found out exactly how much they put in and, and which items they've won off him I know what you did last bidder <laughs> Something uh, it's, like it's, it's, it's I know what you bid last summer oh. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely mixed it mixed it up yeah. too much I like it <laughs> we need to rate the film this has been a long long episode nearly two hours <laughs> My fault. It always is. Um, what are you going to rate the film? Do you know? Anyone want to go? Uh, I reckon quite. Unfortunately, quite low, just because I've seen it a lot. I remember watching it years and years ago, around about the scream when the when the ninety slashers um, were. Everyone was watching them. Everyone was loving them. Mm. Um, so I've got quite fond memories of it, but going back to it, I was kind of just annoyed by everybody. The reveal was kind of so way too convoluted, and I just didn't, didn't, didn't grab me. It hasn't aged as well as some of the other films that released around this time. So I'm going to give it a C minus. Interesting. Um, interesting. Interesting. Uh, I'm just going to jump in. I was went for C minus as well. I've got a lot of fun memories of enjoying enjoying this film growing up, but um, it's not that good. <laughs> like it's uh, doesn't quite come together, and the twist doesn't doesn't do anything. I mean, I even got it wrong, and both yeah. ways don't kind of work for me in, in a way. Yeah, and I wasn't a hundred percent convinced either way. Like you could have told me it was one thing, and I would have just believed you probably. Yeah. What about you, Andy? Um, I might go for my harshest rating ever. I think going through this, I normally end up bumping my rating up because I have fun talking about them as we go. But I think for how how many times we stopped and mentioned like how how much better the likes of Scream was, um, I think if I think about it in that comparison, and actually let's bring up one of my one of my favourites, I would arguably say there is there should be more of a place in people's hearts for films like Sleepaway Camp that at least do something a little different. I'm going to yeah. give this one slightly lower than you guys. I go a D plus. 
A D plus. D plus. Mark D, D plus. Yeah. There we go. The D plus brothers. Cool, man. All right. It's fun. There's fun to be had, but you know, it's the yeah. way it is. I much, I much prefer people to watch Scream, or Scream Two, or even Scream. I'd 3, say watch Urban Legend. I think Urban Legend had a lot more going for it uh, yeah. than this. And I am going to watch, I will watch, I still know what we did last summer to try and see if that's any good. And I do want to watch Cherry Falls as well, another slasher from, I think it's from year 2000, which I've been told to watch a few times. So, and I've never seen it, Brittany Murphy, so I'm going to check that out as well. Yeah, I want to watch that one. I've never seen it. Um, cool. I, I know I have, but I can tell you very little about it. That's how much it, how, so much is memorable. Should be good then. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Cool. All right. Um, well, we'll leave it at that then. Um, keep it just under two hours. Um, if you enjoyed the episode, uh, please consider becoming a patron <laughs> over at patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Thanks to Kovach Cowman for our theme music. Thanks to Acast for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, please consider rating and reviewing and join the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors. Uh, thanks to my co-host Ben for being a right horror dude. And thanks also to Andy for being a right horror dude. Thanks for having us, guys. Thanks, guys. Good sure. times. Right. Check in there. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.